The Bible that you have on your nightstand is historically inaccurate. It's riddled with errors, and it's not anywhere close to the original document. My name's Hayden Clark. This has helped me believe. So the question we're looking at today is, is the Bible historically historically reliable? Is it accurate? And so a common accusation is that uh, the Bible that you have isn't anywhere close to what the original people would have written. Um, we don't have access to that. It's riddled with errors. There's all kinds of discrepancies. And people have added and taken away from it, uh, added to it, taken away from it over the, over the centuries and is wildly inaccurate. That is a wild, wild mischaracterization based on absolutely no facts whatsoever. Because the facts of the matter are actually very clear, and we've known them for a while. Like, it, it shouldn't, what I'm about to say should not be a surprise to anyone. Uh, yet, you still hear this wild, I, I cannot emphasize how wild of mischaracterization that is. Uh, because, so if that's what you think or that's what you've heard, then this is probably going to utterly shock you. But anyway, let, let's start back at there uh, with the question. Is the Bible historically reliable? Now, the Bible should be held to the same standard as any other ancient document, any other document from uh, antiquity, any classical document of that time. Now, we, as Christians, that is, if you're a Christian, then we... Uh, believe that the Bible is God's Word, so it's not merely literature, but it's still literature, okay? It's still an ancient document that was written uh, thousands of years ago. So we can't put, uh, we can't study historically or scientifically the claim that the Bible is God's Word, but we can study if it is historically reliable, because we can put it to the same test that we would put any other ancient document. Historians do this all the time. And the three tests that they use for historical reliability, again, this is, uh, this is, is the test you would use for any historical document. Uh, the first is the bibliographical test. The second is the internal evidence test. And the third is the external evidence test. Today I'm just going to look at the bibliographical test, which I think is the most important. Now the bibliographical test is... Uh, the bibliographical test considers the number of manuscript copies there are. Now, I say manuscript copies because here we go. Earth-shattering fact, people. We do not have the original autographs, the original New Testament documents. Everyone still with me? Don't give up your faith uh, just yet. Okay, we don't have that for anything, hardly, though. Okay, that, that comes as absolutely no surprise to anyone, especially professionals in this field of study. Why? Because the, the people of that day were writing on papyrus. They were, they were, they were writing on and with um, tools that quickly decayed, quickly were eroded. They quickly became corrupt. So they had to make copies of these things. It wasn't until later that we got things like paper and pencil and, and pens, things that were more permanent, things that would last a lot longer. So this is not a surprise to anyone, and it's the same thing with every other document from antiquity as well. So don't freak out, okay, when I say we don't have the originals. We don't have the originals, okay? What is unique? So that's not unique to the Bible. That's common with every um, historical document. But what is unique to the, uh, to the Bible and is way more important 
is that we have a lot of copies and a lot of early copies. Early copies. Okay? And I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it. Let's look at uh, the Gospels and the book of Acts and the letters of Paul first. Okay? So these are the standard datings of these books. Okay? Now there's some disagreement. Not much, but there's some. So you got on one side you have some conservative um, professionals in this field, conservative historians and theologians, but not all are believers. Um, you got conservatives who don't. So okay, here's an example in the in the in the Bible in in the New Testament. Jesus makes predictions. He predicts his resurrection. He predicts some other things, but uh, the the major thing here is he predicts the fall of the temple, the destruction of the temple. And we know for a fact, historically, that that happens in A.D. 70. So conservatives say, okay, Jesus predicted that it would happen. Liberal um, historians, uh, textual criticists, criticists, I don't know how to say that, people who look at the text like this, they'll say, well... He couldn't have predicted it. So the fact that he did means that this was written after the fact. It was written after A.D. 70. So they'll give a later date. Now that is a presupposition. That is an assumption. The assumption is that Jesus couldn't, could not have predicted this. Um, well, unless you are not going to start with a presupposition like that, he definitely could have. And not to mention... Um, as Christians, anyway, we believe that he rose from the dead and that he's the son of God. And you think he can't make a prediction about the fall of the temple? So it's an assumption. So, okay, whether it's a safe assumption or not, it's still an assumption. So the conservatives see no reason to assume that. The liberals start from the beginning with the presupposition that miracles don't happen. So, anyway... That's why there's. I'm going to give two different dates. Nonetheless, it really doesn't matter because even by the liberal estimation, it's still way early. That's that's going to be the major point here. So look at the difference. The Gospel of Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The Gospel of Matthew. Conservatives date this book between 60 and 80 A.D. Liberals date the book between 80 and 100 A.D. Again, the major difference probably being the fall, um, the destruction of the temple. But still, it's in the first century. A reminder, Jesus died in, in the 30s A.D., in the early 30s A.D., probably. That's the, that's the best date. Now, the Gospel of Mark, conservatives date between 50 and 60 A.D., so this would be the earliest of the Gospels, and liberals date Mark in the 70s A.D. The Gospel of Luke... Conservatives would date uh, between 60 and 80 A.D., while the liberals would date Luke between 70 and as late as 110 A.D. Now, conservatives date John between 60 and 100 A.D., and liberals date the Gospel of John in the 90s A.D. The Gospel of John was probably the last written. The last gospel. Now, the book of Acts. The book of Acts is dated between 62 and 64 A.D. almost unanimously. And the Pauline letters, that is the epistles of Paul, the letters written by Paul, 14 of them are dated between 50 A.D., so the earliest letter was written in the 50s, and the latest letter was um, 
some people date um, in the early 2nd century AD, so right after 100 AD. So that's kind of the layout there. But as you can see, the authors of the New Testament are writing, no matter who you follow, the liberals or the conservatives, they are writing not that long after the events that they describe, which is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and what all of that implies. So this was all written very early on. Those are the dates. So the idea that it was written much later or that it has been taken away from and added to, it's, it's just simply false, and the evidence is about to become overwhelming. Let's look at the actual manuscripts that we have. So we have all these different manuscripts. We look at them, and that's what the Bible that you hold is based on, these early manuscripts. How early and how many? Here we go. I'm going to break this down by language. So some of these uh, manuscripts are found there in Greek, some are in Armenian, they're Coptic, different languages. Okay, so here's the breakdown by language. The earliest Greek manuscript that we have, and now Gr this is probably the most important because Greek was the original language in which the New Testament was written. So the earliest Greek manuscript we have is dated at 130 A.D. And I even had somebody comment once that they the, that they found a new one or that this one was dated earlier. But I want to make a point here. There's They're finding new stuff all the time. So these will probably be out of date by the time you listen to this. But the earliest Greek manuscript that I could find now is dated at 130 A.D. So that's a very early copy. Though it isn't the first... It is a very early copy, which means there's not that much room for error. And the number of Greek manuscripts we have, guess, how many do you think we have? 5,856 or more, because again, they're finding new ones all the time, plus there's a bunch in private um, collections that we don't know about. So there's probably over 6,000 or close to manus Greek, manu Greek manuscripts. And the earliest one is 130 A.D., which is right after these events happened. So, again, this this idea that it, that the Bible you have is far removed from what actually happened and that people have written into it and changed everything up, there's no room for error. 130 A.D. is right after the events. And there's 5,000 manuscripts that we have to compare. Again, you see why I said earlier that the accusation being made is just wild. is a wild mischaracterization of the facts. The earliest Armenian manuscript is dated at AD 862. So, that's much later. And there are 3,000 plus Armenian manuscripts. The earliest Coptic manuscripts are dated in the 3rd century AD. And there's about 1,000 of those. And on and on and on. You can read more about this on the blog post I did about this, but that's enough to show that there's thousands of manuscripts dated very early to the date uh, to the events that they're describing. How many? Best guess by experts in the field say there's about between fifteen thousand and twenty thousand ancient manuscripts of the New Testament. Fifteen thousand to twenty thousand. That's a ton. And they're very early, as early as 130 A.D., right after the events happened. So to put this all in perspective, here's a little comparison for you. The average classical writer from this time period, um, you know, take any of the Greek philosophers, any of the ancient uh, literature like that, the average writer, today we have um, 
their manuscripts would stack about four feet high. How high would the New Testament manuscripts that we have stack? Over a mile high. Over a mile compared to four feet. Now, admittedly, the the reason we have so little uh, manuscripts from that time period for the classical writers is because early Christians and even um, Muslims destroyed those, um, the libraries at that time. So... It's really not a strong argument for a Christian to make, and admittedly that's completely wrong as a lover of this time period and the literature of this time period, the philosophy of that time period. I wish greatly that we had um, access to more of what was written at that time. But nonetheless, the fact still remains that we have that much evidence for the reliability of the New Testament. And here's even Further evidence, if that wasn't enough, the early church fathers, the early church right after the apostles, so in, well, there's some in the first century, actually, and then the second century and the third century Christians. The early church fathers quote New Testament letters in their own letters that they're writing amongst themselves. So Clement in AD 95, okay, that's within the first century, while um, while liberal um Historians think that the New Testament was still being written, but right after, uh, for conservative datings, A.D. 95, Clement quotes all four Gospels, Acts, 1 Corinthians, Titus, Hebrews, and 1 Peter. So all of those, the originals had to have already been written before A.D. 95 because Clement is quoting them in his letters. Ignatius, between 70 A.D. and 110 A.D., he quotes Matthew, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, James, and 1 Peter, all in his lifetime, between 70 and 110 A.D. So all of those had to have been written prior, which means they, they weren't written a long time after, and they, there was no time for them to be fiddled with and riddled with errors, as some skeptics like to say. Polycarp, which is an awesome name, who actually has a really cool story about his martyrdom. Between 70 and 156 AD, he quotes Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Colossians, 1st Timothy, Hebrews, 1st Peter, 1st and 2nd John. So all of those, very early attested. Clement of Alexandria, between 150 and 212 AD, so a little later, but still early, still way early. He quotes all of the New Testament uh, books, except three. So very early on, all New Testament books are being quoted from by early Christians. So it's all there. It's all there, and it's all there very early. Now, one, one last thing. Some skeptics, um, like the uh, New Testament scholar Bart Ehrman, who's not a believer, but a New Testament scholar nonetheless, uh, he points out all the time that there's all these variants, all these differences amongst the manuscripts that we have access to. Now, what did I say? We have access to between 15,000 and 20,000 manuscripts. Of course there's going to be differences in them. What's important isn't the number of variants. What's important is the number of manuscripts, because the more manuscripts we have, the more we can pick piece everything together and recreate the original autograph. And... You know how much accuracy uh, professionals in this field can recreate the original autograph with 96 to 98 percent accuracy. 
That's not 100%. Not, nothing is 100%. We don't live in a 100% kind of world. We really, when it comes to um, documents from antiquity, don't live in a 96 to 98% uh, kind of world. But yet, that's exactly what we have with the Bible. It is extremely reliable. You can be almost as close to guaranteed as you possibly could be. You can be guaranteed, as close to a guarantee as you possibly could be, that the book, the Bible, on your nightstand collecting dust, o- dust over there that you need to dust off and start reading, you can have 96 to 98% accuracy, reliability, that that book is the same book that the apostles wrote in the first century. That's incredible. It would seem impossible. One might think that it must have been guided supernaturally. But the point is, it is definitely reliable in the sense that it is based on the exact words that the apostles were speaking and writing. So, in conclusion, can you trust that the Bible on your nightstand contains the actual letters of the apostles? Listen to this scholar. Quote, To be skeptical of the resultant text of the New Testament books is to allow all of classical antiquity to slip into obscurity, for no documents of the ancient period are as well attested bibliographically as the New Testament. That's John Warwick Montgomery. Nothing else comes anywhere close. You can rest assured that the Bible you have is based on the words of the apostles in the first century AD. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to the uh, podcast that you may be listening to, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, and follow uh, the link to the Patreon link over on our Patreon page and become a supporter of the show for as little as a dollar a month. At the $5, $5 level, you'll be able to watch the bonus segment. Uh, thanks so much for watching, guys, and we'll see you next time.